Hello, entertainment law nerds, enthusiasts, and aficionados, and welcome to the Dentons Canada Entertainment Media Law Signal Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Tarantino, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Caitlin Choi. Caitlin, how are you? Hi, Bob. Doing well. How are you? I'm good. So today we're joined by our colleague, Helen Park, who's a partner in our Vancouver office. This is an exciting development for the podcast because Helen's our first guest from our Vancouver office. She's our first guest from any office other than the Toronto office. So welcome, Helen. Uh, sorry that we, again, due to budgetary constraints, we're not able to fly you out to Toronto, but welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Helen practices immigration law with a focus on business immigration for corporate clients and businesses in Canada, the U.S., and worldwide. We like to think of her as an honorary member of the entertainment group because whenever we have immigration questions, we bother Helen. So sorry about that, Helen. Before we get too far into our discussion today, though, our usual disclaimer. The contents of this podcast do not constitute legal advice, so please reach out to us or other counsel if you require guidance on your specific legal matters. So today we're going to be talking about immigration issues with a particular focus on film and television production that's taking place in Canada and the challenges that producers and lawyers are facing with as a result of the various lockdowns and border controls that have been imposed. So Helen, let's take a step back to the pre-COVID days. What was the process like for getting producers, cast and crew across the border into Canada? Well, it was actually quite straightforward. Um, back in February of 2016, uh, Immigration Canada um, acknowledged that the television and film industry was a significant benefit to Canada and provided uh, an exempt labor market impact assessment exempt work permit category called the C-14 Television and Film Significant Benefit Work Permit. And with that, um, employers were able to file uh, what is called a employer portal filing, which sets out the terms of employment of the foreign national. And with a letter of support from the production, which sets out the reasons why the production is significant in Canada, including the number of Canadian cast and crew, the um, budgetary spend in Canada, and confirmation that the production was eligible for film credits, along with a union consent letter, you could get a, a work permit generally at the port of entry for visa-exempt individuals. So a lot of production companies would set up the employer portals, file their exempt, exemption requests, and be able to bring their actors from foreign, foreign countries into Canada. And this was particularly easy for Americans. Um, there, they had no further biometric requirements or medical requirements, and therefore um, the work permit application process was very smooth. Uh, for producers, there was even a, uh, a category which allows for producers for foreign financed productions to come to Canada and work without a work permit. They could get business visitor status in Canada and come and check on their productions, again, very easily. If they were visa exempt, they attend at the port of entry with a support letter, and they should, they would be um, allowed entry without a permit. Now, moving to say March 2020, what changed as a result of COVID-19 and the resulting closures? Well, <laughs> everything changed because they shut the border down. No one was allowed entry. Um, in for the purposes of film and television. It, it became very difficult 
there were no productions um, in Vancouver, Lower Mainland, um, or across Canada for that matter. And therefore, there were no um, places of employment for, for nationals to come to. And um, in addition, because of the border restrictions, there was just basically very limited um, entry um, permitted by anyone, including even Canadian citizens initially. There was a lot of um, tension at the border, a lot of um, misunderstanding with the border officers and what the orders and councils stated in terms of allowing for entry. So March was definitely the most difficult month in terms of any sort of foreign national coming to Canada. And um, I can, even though the orders and council did provide some uh, guidance for situations where people could come to Canada, it was basically seen as essential travel only, um, where they were looking at whether you lived in a cross-border a town and you were providing healthcare services cross-border or you were a truck driver involved in um, supply chain of food or medicine. Um, it was it was very strict in March. And so how did that change over time? So what, what was different, say, in March or April as compared to now in, in July? So I would say in April, it was still pretty strict in terms of any sort of um, movement cross-border. Um, I, would, I would say that maybe in mid to, yeah, mid-May to June, things started to lift a little bit. So there is an order in council um, that allows for travel from the U.S. to Canada if it is for a non-discretionary, non-optional purpose. It's not supposed to be interpreted as, quote, essential, end quote. So essential workers in most people's minds were the healthcare workers, the truck drivers, agricultural workers. And therefore, CBSA, the border officers, were really applying that strictly. Um, it, in May, I would say that there was a little bit more, um, uh, there was an acknowledgement by CBSA that it should apply to non-discretionary, non-optional travel, which allow from the U.S., and this is only from the U.S., um, in individuals to come if they had a work uh, offer and there was um, a place of work in operation, which you had to prove, as well as a plan for quarantine by the individual who was seeking entry. So this has had started to um, become, um, you know, prevalent with most industries. I would say entertainment was a little bit slower because we were waiting in BC for phase three to come through, which allowed for filming in the province. And the provincial government had to kind of allow for productions to start commencing before um, I would say the border would allow for actors and directors to come. That all said, the border officers were looking to see whether productions were actually scheduled and going ahead, number one, and also very strict about quarantine. So 14 days of quarantine absolutely required uh, a really detailed plan of what would happen during those 14 days, where they would be, how they were going to quarantine, how they would get groceries or any medical supplies or essentials, um, who they could 
rely on for support during those 14 days. And there have been um, checks by government officials on individuals, whether they're Canadian or foreign national, entering Canada to ensure that quarantine is happening. So you mentioned that they'll be asking about whether productions are actually underway. And as we know, different areas of Canada are opening up at different times and to different degrees. So will the rules fluctuate depending on where the point of entry is for a foreign national into Canada? Or are the rules the same, except it'll depend whether they can, that area is open to production or not? Exactly, Caitlin. They're going to be looking to see if the, where they are entering um, has lifted uh, the restrictions for productions, and they need to have all of the documents still in place. You have to be able to prove that production schedules have been um, are are have been set, um, that they are coming for a production um, that is going to be filming, and, and they want to see all of the regular support documents that you would have for a work permit application, in addition to, um, you know, confirmation of, number one, that the province has allowed for the productions to take place, and number two, that the productions have been scheduled and are proceeding with all of the restrictions that um, the provinces are requiring. So it sounds like the port of entry should be the province where they're rendering services. Do I have that right? So if somebody is, is working in Vancouver, they should fly through Vancouver. If they're working in Ontario, they should fly into Toronto. Is that accurate? Well, there are only, four, if you're flying, there's only four airports in Canada that are taking international flights. That's Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto, and Montreal. All other, um, once you've entered Canada at one of these four airports, then you will have to um, make arrangements for connecting flights. Um, generally speaking, I do think that it's good practice to be entering Canada at your at the closest to your final destination. Um, early days, there was some concern about, well, if I'm making a connection from Calgary to Edmonton, like, do I have to quarantine in Calgary for 14 days before I could proceed to Edmonton, as an example? And the guidance has been, no, that's not the case. You can quarantine at your final destination. That said, the officers that work in, let's say, BC versus Ontario, they're going to be familiar with the provincial requirements. Um, they will read all the submissions that you provide. And I mean, I don't think that they would prevent someone who was flying from, let's say, New York to Toronto and then ultimately Vancouver uh, would not be processed in Toronto just by virtue of the fact that, you know, their, uh, their final destination is Vancouver. But, um, you know, if you can, that would be preferred. And so what kinds of situations are you finding yourself having to deal with most often? Like, is it, do, have you encountered any situations where people are unprepared and they're just sort of showing up at a port of entry, having not really put in place the necessary materials, and then suddenly you're getting a call saying, help me get into the country? Yes. Um, well, I think productions have been very cautious, um, reopening and having um, their foreign nationals come to Canada. And so they have been taking the extra steps of getting legal counsel. Um, one thing that I have to caution, and I always have cautioned even prior to COVID, is um, criminal records. So 
The worst is when an applicant comes to Canada and they don't realize that a previous DUI is going to make them inadmissible to Canada. Right now with the pandemic, um, fortunately I haven't had that call uh, since, uh, since March, but um, I don't know how criminal inadmissibility would be um, taken by a CBSA officer at this time because first of all they're inadmissible then they're they've got a bit of discretion um, due to the fact that if they find that a foreign national is criminally inadmissible and in light of the pandemic um, you know they could be denied entry so that's something that I would always consider um, dealing with in advance of coming to the port of entry previously you could deal with it at the port of entry to a certain extent, but uh, it's something that I would not be trying to do at a port of entry at this time. Uh, all of this talk about coming to Canada, it is, I just want to make sure that we are all on the same page that is with respect to travel only from the US. So if your foreign nationals are coming from any other country, um, they do not have the same um, order and council provisions allowing for entry and presentation of their work permit applications at the port of entry. So if you're coming from Europe, you cannot just get on an airplane and come to Canada and apply for your work permits. Because of the way the order and councils are worded, the work permit applications for non-discretionary, non-optional travel are only for travel from the US. So we have had to um, make extra plans for individuals that are coming from Europe or Mexico to first come to the United States in order to then travel to Canada and make their work permit applications. It's certainly um, difficult logistically uh, in light of the pandemic and particularly because the US numbers have been so high, but um, it's something that we have to do in order to um, be permitted to apply. The visa office applications, which early days um, in, I would say, March, April, May, were um, being accepted and lucky in some circumstances were being processed, have seemed to come to a halt. They are looking at essential services right now at the visa offices. I'm not sure that that's correct in their processing, but they have not really been processing work permits for productions, like television productions. I've been trying to get them to um, expedite applications. It's, they're not going ahead, so we're making arrangements now to have them uh, uh, present at the port of entry. So, Helen, without asking you to sort of predict how this pandemic is going to unfold, do we have any sense of how the um, immigration rules for production, for production workers are going to change in the short to medium term? in the future? This is a hard one. Um, it is so hard to predict. There has been, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the last, I would say, couple weeks, there's been a lot of kind of public um, distaste for US citizens in Canada. Like, I, 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 even my neighbor, he came from LA, his parents live in Canada, he's Canadian citizen. Um, he traveled up uh, to Canada, and he's so scared that his car is going to be egged. He drives it. Uh, he parks it backwards on the driveway to hide his license plate. 
he's just, uh, there's just been so much um, public kind of outcry over US citizens in Canada that um, I, I am worried. I'm worried that they might change this order in council, which currently allows for travel only from the US to, um, for presentation of work permit applications. Uh, what will happen? I am worried that, that um, there might be some further limitation of uh, work permit applications from the United States. Although we have such a long history of uh, a fine border between the United States and Canada that I can't imagine that the restrictions would be any tougher than they are now. But there has been a lot of kind of that sentiment, that negative sentiment towards Americans in Canada as of late. Um, I'm hopeful that generally that work permit applications should be processed, whether at a visa office or at a border, because we do need workers in Canada and that these um, tests for essential service are lifted somewhat. There is now um, some lifting of visitor visa applications through visa offices, not that they will be processed quickly or granted quickly, but they are opening them up because up until now they've actually closed off applications. So there is some light at the end of this tunnel, I hope, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. But um, yeah, I'm not sure in the short to medium term um, how quickly it will turn around. So Helen, could you outline just at a very high level what can producers do to make their lives easier and your life as their counsel easier? Like, are there steps that they should be taking when planning to get somebody across the border? Like, should they be getting lawyers involved right away? Are there things that they can be doing that would just sort of make the process smoother in, in every situation? Just ensure that their work permit applications are complete, that they've made some um, provisions for quarantine, absolutely should be written and and I know that production companies have been very good about this, but just ensure that that is done. Early days when the very first few people started to come through and try to get work permits, they didn't have a quarantine plan. And in fact, they kind of balked at the quarantine requirement. And you know that would be my first recommendation, make sure you have the quarantine set up. And there are no exemptions really for production. Even if you're coming for you know a few meetings and leaving, um, unfortunately, the quarantine is still going to apply. So make sure that that is all organized and written and carefully set out. The work permit applications are kind of back to where we were pre-COVID with the C-14 work permit applications. Ensure that they're complete. Ensure that the border officer isn't going to be, you know, frantically looking for the union support letter. Ensure it's all there. Um, and address the fact that the production um, and really highlight that the production um, is, is going ahead. Uh, whether they can call a production um, manager to ensure that it is moving ahead. Um, sometimes, um, you know, I, I recommend that they always put the contact information on there uh, so that they can call and make sure um, it will be, filming will be proceeding. You know, otherwise, um, you know, talk to the applicants too. Ensure that the applicants who are coming to Canada understand that you know it's a serious application and that you know it's not a it's not they're not entitled to it. It's it's something that has to be granted. 
it it's an exceptional case for um, these particular production folks to be able to come to Canada and make their work permit applications. So to, you know, to be very polite to the border service officers and to answer questions completely and honestly and to provide the paperwork. And uh, to all our producer clients out there who can't get someone across the border, Bob's available. Uh, I am available for for on-screen work. Uh, it's an underappreciated element of my skill set. So thanks, Caitlin, for, for acknowledging that. I appreciate it. So thanks, Helen. This has been really insightful. I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. I, if I could summarize, there's sort of five things that I think people should be taking away from this conversation. So one is make sure you have a detailed 14-day quarantine plan. Make sure your work permit application is complete. If you have a criminal record, maybe talk to a lawyer before you try and cross the border. If you're a non-U.S. national, definitely talk to a lawyer before you try and cross the border. And if you're a U.S. citizen, uh, maybe park your car backwards so that nobody can see your license plate. So thanks, Helen. We appreciate you taking the time. Caitlin, any final words? Uh, no, I thought that was great. Thanks so much, Helen. Thank you both. This was a great opportunity. Excellent. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on the Dentons Canada Entertainment Media Law Signal podcast. We look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thank you.